a 3-0 lead. You can't ask for more than that when you're in the Western Conference Finals, and that's where the Golden State Warriors find themselves in a commanding 3-0 series lead. Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, and sometimes the Golden State Warriors, joins me. We're going to recap Game 3, preview Game 4, and maybe talk about the Eastern Conference Finals since we're not there yet, but it can't hurt to talk about it a little bit. That is an exciting series. We're going to break all this stuff down next. This is Locked on Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo408. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogSurfBroCho. Kevin, it's a 3 0 lead. The Warriors have defied the majority of the so called experts and pundits by taking this commanding lead. They've shut Luka down relatively speaking i know the stat line doesn't confirm that but when andrew wiggins is putting luca on the wrong end of a poster you know the warriors are doing something right what is your recap of game three and just any takeaways from that exciting game from a warrior's perspective yeah i mean it was business like to me basically like they came out got that 19-7 lead and it was kind of like a, all right we're here we're not messing around with this team this isn't going to be game five against Memphis where they get down 55 points they they came out and and I'm starting to get shades of the 2019 Western Conference Finals against Portland though I will say mm-hmm. I think Portland has put up a much better fight in game three than than Dallas did <laughs> Portland True. like had like a reasonable chance to win games two through four in that series. And Dallas really has only blown one game in this series. And yeah, they got up nine, but I, I thought that 10 0 run in the second quarter to take the lead back was probably the biggest run of the game for golden yeah. state because like the warriors couldn't get anything going offensively. The second quarter for the vast majority, the first, whatever, like eight minutes of the second quarter, whatever it was, they were not playing good basketball. And I was looking up at the scoreboard. I'm like, oh, this is this is right there for the Warriors taking. They're uh-huh. down five, seven, nine points. They're right there. Then the Draymond dunk kind of spurred everything. That cut it to seven. Then Steph hits uh, kind of that uh, transition three, uh, deep three, 42-38. Then he hits that corner three to give them the lead. And it's like, okay, all right. This team is really serious about taking a 3-0 lead. And I mean – that you've heard the stat probably a million times over the last the game ended at what 8 30 so the last 16 hours or so but winning a road game in 26 straight playoff series is incredible unreal so uh obviously we'll get into the wiggins dunk i imagine um i'll save some thoughts on that for later but i mean wiggins was fantastic looney another great game uh kavan was fantastic in this game Mm. so yeah, just just great stuff all around for from a Golden State perspective. And that that stat, I, I I don't think it's talked about enough, just because it's such a, a symbol of the Warriors' dominance for so long now. Twenty six straight playoff series. 
I think this dates back to 2013, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, when the when the Warriors played the Spurs, and, and that was in my and that really to me was the eye-opening moment for the world in terms of the Warriors making their presence felt. Uh, and the Spurs won that series, but the Warriors won, I think, game one uh, on the road. And that was the Spurs, right, correct? Or was it two? So so a couple of things, not not yeah. to be uh, like no, B, the, B, but correct. So me, it, it goes back to the Denver Nuggets series in the first round. So Steph Curry has right. Steph Curry, Clay, and Dre have won a road game in every playoff series that they have played together. So, yeah, they took game two from Denver in the first round. They right. took game two from San Antonio in the second round. They Ken Bazemore had a layup to put them up one in game one in overtime with like two seconds left. And I think Manu Ginobili got fouled or something. I forget exactly what the play was. No, you're but right. That like, sounds right. The Spurs hit like two free throws or something in the final second to, to win game one in OT. Then to me, surprisingly, the Warriors came back and won game two because I'm like, oh, that's their chance. Uh, then, you know, they eventually lost that series in six. Yeah, but that was, but that's serious. I mean, the, the Warriors showed fight in that series. Like, I, even the Spurs kind of took notice, like, whoa, th- these guys did not roll over. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I kind of meant that playoff run in terms of it all yep. starting. But yeah, yep. the, the Nuggets, I mean, you know, George Carl to this day, <laughs> I had him on the show a few weeks ago, still maintains that Andre Iguodala was communicating with Mark Jackson in that series. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fascinating accusation. Uh, and he doesn't really get specific or, you know, he's not really making a- accusations of like nefarious actions or of any any sort of espionage per se it was just but they were talking and and George Carl just didn't like that and, and who knows what information was shared between the two but the, that is a tr- phenomenal run 26 straight playoff yeah. series and when you think about it the most playoff series you're going to play per year is four so yeah. you know it's not hard to do the math there tw- 26 divided by four is approximately what six and a half uh, yep. uh playoff runs and counting it, it's fat is it is remarkable i i really cannot i don't think that should be talked about it can be talked about enough it's just a, a really fascinating stat let's talk about andrew wiggins let's start with him yeah. uh he deserves his accolades i mean look stephen curry um it is weird this is the first year they're gonna have uh, mvp awards for the conference finals yeah. uh i don't think there's any doubt in my mind stephen curry is gonna get it um, it's just he's so damn good that you know he he fights his own standards right and and that's the, the one thing remaining that's an obstacle for him just earning accolades is like he set the the bar so high that when he doesn't reach his own bar people are kind of disappointed a little bit but Stephen Curry is still at the peak of his powers uh 31 points 11 assists I mean that's just a, a fantastic playoff line for game three of the Western Conference Finals he shot 50 percent from the field 50 percent from three he went five for ten for three. But let's talk about Andrew Wiggins, man, just because this is fresh blood for the Warriors in terms of playoff success. He had that monster dunk that they tried to take away with the offensive foul call. Um, you know, he put in a, a playoff career high, 27 points to go along with 11 rebounds. But I think it's his defense that's really sticking out, his aggressiveness. Give give me your thoughts and give everyone else your thoughts about Andrew Wiggins. Like, like how are you? Yeah, you're, what are your takeaways about him? This is tremendous. My takeaways are whatever I need to do to contribute the the from my bank account to make sure he gets a max contract with Golden State, I will contribute. <laughs> like this guy has been unreal. If I if I need to like cut off one of my fingers, I, I'll do it. Like this guy has been unreal for the Warriors in the postseason. And I mean, the 27 and 11, you mentioned the defense and obviously the the stat lines that Luca is putting up doesn't really speak necessarily to the defense that 
Correct. Andrew has played besides game one where he really like it showed in the in the box score. Yeah. But, you know, through three games, I was just reading an article that pointed this out. Andrew Wiggins is a Golden State best plus 66 and Luka Doncic is a Dallas worst minus 61 and they mirror each other's minutes like basically when Luka goes out Steve Kerr pulls Andrew Wiggins and when Luka goes back in Steve Kerr puts Andrew Wiggins back in for the most part and doesn't mean he's guarding him the whole time because they went to the box and one where Moody was the one guarding Luka Doncic and so that that did bring Wiggins off him a little bit but man he's just making it tough on the most for the most part defensively and i mean the dunk he had on luca uh i mean mm. even even if the challenge didn't work you had to challenge that right like the the offensive foul call like i don't care for the sake of basketball you challenge yes. that yes. even if it was an offensive foul which it wasn't like you just have to challenge that and i i, I tweeted last night that it was the second best dunk in warriors playoff history bearing like over andre yeah. Karolinko, but honestly, considering the stakes, and yes. it's just like BD over AK 47 has more sentimental value for like Warriors fans who, you know, that was the first time that I had ever seen the Warriors in the playoffs. Like when I was in high school, I never dreamed of the Warriors making the playoffs. And then they're yes. there in the second round and they're just blowing out the Utah Jazz. This was an eight point game in the fourth quarter. Like Dallas was still in it, like the yes. crowd was still in it. And like, this, I mean, it was it didn't end the game because Dallas cut it to five in the final minute. But man, as terms of importance of a dunk, and like I know Andre Kirilenko was one of the best defensive players like in that 2006-7 ring. AK 47, baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and like Luca is not a great defender at this point in his career. Uh, when he gets engaged defensively, he can be a decent defender, but that's not every night. But still. The fact that it was Luka Doncic, the fact that it was an eight-point game in the fourth quarter, and it helped the Warriors go up 3 nothing and get one win closer to the NBA Finals because while the Warriors did beat the Jazz in that game, they lost that series in five games. That was the only you know, yep. game they won in that series, though they really should have won game two. They absolutely screwed, oh, they screwed themselves out of game two in Utah, and they were there in game four, and they probably should have won game five in that series. That's another story. But it is another man. story. I feel like we could dedicate a whole uh, a podcast episode, or maybe we will this summer, to just that series because Darren Williams is a subject of discussion, given how the precipice of his of his decline was so steep. Uh, Jerry Sloan getting screwed over. I, I always feel like he's one of the greatest coaches the same this game has ever seen, and yeah. Darren Williams drove him out. And you're right, the Warriors uh, they just they lost five despite that dunk. Um, but great, yeah, great astute observation of the Wiggins impact. Um, I do hope that the NBA takes a look at that blatant Luca flop that uh, was really the catalyst for the foul call being made. I mean, the ref got duped uh, by by a mid-air flop. That might be the first of its kind. Um, (laughs) You know, and we've seen retroactive fines issued for flopping. So I'm curious. You're you're not going to find Luca for that. He he, he got embarrassed enough on that play. Don't rub salt in the wound. Have you? I'll, I'll rub salt in any warrior's opponent's wounds. <laughs> well, I know you will. <laughs> I don't care. No, but look, I will say this: for Have you ever seen a, a player of Luca's magnitude in terms of stardom and just overall talent and impact get posterized like that? Ever? That's a I great mean, question. usually these are like bench players, role players, like 
it's almost like the ref was trying to protect Luca from from being you know immortalized for the wrong reasons. Like thoughts. The first thing that comes to my mind, and, and Jordan Truthers will be quick to point out that this wasn't a posterization, but John Starks going baseline on MJ yes. in the '93 Eastern Conference Finals. That's a great um, but like it wasn't like it wasn't him towering necessarily over a defender like and I mean when Andrew Wiggins takes contact, he seems to go up another couple of inches. I, True. I, there isn't another player where it just feels like if Andrew Wiggins gets hit in the air, it extends his vertical. I, I don't it's like he's using that player as a launching pad. And, True. and like the, the the Jordan Starks dunk, the Starks over Jordan dunk, like Jordan was kind of coming over, I think, to try to cut him off on the baseline, but got there late. So it wasn't exactly a facial. That's the closest <laughs> thing I can think of to like a player of Luca's like caliber. And obviously MJ's like up here and Luca's down here, right. comparatively speaking. But I I mean, I'd have to think about that a little bit more. I'm sure there are like better uh comparisons to be made. Um uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah, you were not prepared for that question, so I, I'm not expecting you to, you know, in your encyclopedia yeah. of memory to come up with something. And maybe there is nothing else. I mean, John Starks, I mean, as great of a player as he was, uh, does not compare to Luca either. I yeah. mean, so when in terms of the the stature, former of the warrior victim, John Starks, fair. I mean, those were like the the pet way past his prime days when he was with the Warriors. That was hey, well, that was we, part of that. <laughs> we got John Starks down here. I'm like, whoa, we got John Starks. I was like 12 years old at the time. The nine, that was like the first year. I'm like, oh, are the Warriors going to make the playoffs this year? Like they finished <laughs> 21 and 29. And like, I maintain if they didn't blow like a 17 point lead in the final five minutes against the Lakers that year, Kobe like tips in his own miss to send the game to overtime. They could have really made a run at going to the postseason that year. And then, and then like, I was like, all right, the Warriors are making the playoffs next year. And uh, well, let's just say that didn't happen. No, Nor that was part of that for the next six years after yeah, that. Yeah, that was part of that string of of 17, uh, 17 out of 18 years where they missed the playoffs. That was just dark yeah. times for Dub Nation. Uh, quick, quick, quickly, some love given to a, a relatively new sponsor of the program, Sakara. Um, look, in this day and age, it's, it, caring about your health is obviously important, right? And I'm a firm believer in the adage of you are what you eat. And feeling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. I could, I could use that right now, especially. Uh, Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter locked on 20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Again, sakara.com slash locked on 20. On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out the the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and, of course, the big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Kevin Dan is free and available on Twitter. You can follow him at Kevo408. Kevin, I was wondering what you think about this, and uh, yeah. this is from my personal observation. It felt like the Warriors had six players on the court when the Mavericks had the ball. Like, I, like the Warriors' defense was so swarming. It was so overwhelming. Um, I, I can't remember the last time it, it felt so one-sided, even though the score of the game in game three was close for, for pretty much the entire uh, throughout the, the beginning to end. I, I, I was never worried. Like I never at any point in that game was nervous. I never really felt concerned that the Warriors might lose this game. And again, defensively, I mean, they're out rebounding this Mavericks team, despite size wise being more comparable to them versus say the Grizzlies. But they're just pounding the boards. They're 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 just killing them. I think in almost every facet of the game. Um, would you agree with that? And do you think the Mavericks have any fight left? I haven't seen a Warriors opponent in a long time uh, give off the one two three Cancun vibes. Um, usually the Warriors opponents are tryhards who just refuse to give up. This Mavericks team looks defeated. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Luca kind of sounded defeated after the game when they at he's like, hey, I'm 23. I'm still learning yes. a lot. You know wherever we are after this post after this postseason wherever we are and it's like he didn't exactly say that this is done but it's like after the if he's already thinking about after the postseason on some level in his subconscious like <laughs> they know it's over and I mean no NBA team has come back from 3-0 and I'm not sure that the Dallas Mavericks are going to be the Boston Red Sox to the Warriors New York Yankees in 2004 per se <laughs> um i mean i don't think the mavericks are gonna roll over like don't shovel dirt on them yet but i have zero expectations of this series going beyond five games and i think i have a lot more faith in golden state winning game four in dallas than i did about golden state winning game four in denver i think that the warriors can sense it and how important it would be to have basically nine days off more than a week off in between games because they wouldn't game one of the NBA finals is June 2nd. So if you can get that kind of a break and you can, you know, get Otto Porter healthy, Gary Payton, the second healthy Andre Iguodala healthy, have that much more in your toolbox per se, like that would be huge for the Warriors going up against either the, the Celtics or the Miami heat. But yeah, to, to your point with respect to the defense, like, they rotated so well. And like, even when they were scrambling and you know, there was one possession Stan Van Gundy made the point of like, it didn't look look like half the defense was in man and half the defense didn't get, you know, didn't then that half didn't like get the memo that it was supposed to be a zone defense, but they still (laughs) made them work for like 22 seconds before they got a wide open three. And you know, Dallas, you know, you say after game one, well, they're not going to go 11 of 48 from three again. Well, they went 13 of 45. It's not a whole lot better. Um, and I mean, yep. I guess the pattern is <laughs> that they're not going to miss anything in the first half of game four, like they did in game two. And I would expect them to be at least 35% from three in game four. And um, so, you know, if they take around 45 to 53s, they're, they're going to hit 16 to 18 of them. I would assume in game four, and that's going to make things more difficult. 
but yeah, no, Golden State was pretty much on a string defensively. I mean, they mm-hmm. you know, gave up with 68 points to the first three quarters of that game. They held Dallas to 40% shooting. And again, I mean, 47-33 rebound edge. Like The, the Warriors rebounding mm. this whole entire postseason has been something to really commend, I think, because it, yes, they sir. were a good rebounding team in the regular season. But that seemed to be like the biggest question mark for the Warriors going into the playoffs was how are they going to be able to hold up against size. And they out-rebounded and and significantly out-rebounded Memphis in five of the six games. Um, I don't exactly remember the rebounding stats against the Denver Nuggets, but, I mean, they've been killing Dallas on the glass. I mean, to the point that, you know, it was something Stan Van Gundy and Reggie Miller were talking about. Basically, every other possession, it felt like, here's another offensive rebound for Kevon Looney. Oh, Dallas is getting killed in second-chance points or second-chance opportunities. And, I mean, second-chance points – 18 to four last night in a nine point game. So there you go. 14 I need to, to see seven a, in offensive rebounds. It's incredible. I, I need to see a profile on Kevon Looney's hands because they, they look very similar to Kawhi Leonard's. Like, I feel like if his hands are on the ball, no one's taking it away from him. Um, and, and his Kevon Looney, man, just can I, he does not, he's not going to be getting the enough accolades. No matter how much people yeah. give him praise, I don't think it's enough. I mean, what he's doing this postseason is exemplary outside of the first round. I mean, look, Nikola Jokic was just uh, such a ridiculous matchup for the Warriors that, yeah, I think in that Nuggets series, I think they won a couple of the games, the rebounding battle. I got to look back myself. And then I do know they, they lost a few of those games as well. But you're right, man. The Grizzlies were really the, the, the test for rebounding. And the fact they won five of those six games in terms of the rebounding battle, you know, they, they out, they've out-rebounded the Mavericks two games in a row now by 14. It's remarkable. Uh, I want to play some sound real quick from Stephen Curry. This was Curry talking about uh, possibly coming out of this series with a sweep and the team's overall outlook. At this moment, with the way the pieces have come together, do you feel like this team is ready to win a championship? Mm, I mean, I'm not going to fast forward. Like We're playing great basketball right now. We can play better, um, but we're finding ways to like I said, win games, and that's that's how you piece this thing together. Like, there's no expectation other than what's the challenge ahead of us, and the challenge now is to close out a series against a really good team to get back to the opportunity to win the finals. Like, if you ask us, we talked about it when the playoffs started. Like, we had high hopes, and we still do, to win a championship, but we had no idea what it was going to look like, and we were, our goal was to keep getting better as the playoffs went through because we were so far from our peak um, with everything that you said going into you know how the season ended. So that's not lost on us, but it's exciting. You know, we have an amazing opportunity on Tuesday uh, you know, to come out the West. You know, I, I cannot I don't think Stephen Curry's um acumen is given enough respect or attention. Uh he is one of the smartest basketball minds I've ever heard. You know, piece of advice for anyone who wants to be better acclimated and sound smarter when you're covering the Warriors, listen carefully to everything Stephen Curry says. I do. I listen to every single word. Um, and the fact that he doesn't think the Warriors have reached their their best, that they're not at their peak yet, that is astounding. Um, when we come back, I got, I want to play one more soundbite from Clay Thompson talking about, uh, whether or not the Warriors are the favorites. I want to talk about the Celtics, uh, heat series. I first want to give some love to bet online. One of our longtime sponsors, 
Um, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Uh, and the line for game four is out. The Warriors are underdogs. Um, the Mavericks are favored by one. Uh, the money line, however, is not going to reward you if you do bet on the Warriors. They're minus 105 to minus 115 for the Mavericks. And the over-under is 215 and a half. Um, Kevin, I know you don't bet on these games, but uh, if you worry, betting man, uh, what are your thoughts on the Mavericks being the favorites in game four? Well, my thoughts are if both teams are minus 105 and minus 115, Vegas wins. They should make every money line like that. I mean, they can't True. They can't go wrong. They should hope Good for call. every... Uh, yeah, that, that, that's my thought when, when, I, when I heard that initially. <laughs> well, I, I do also think it, it, it might be emblematic of the fact that the Warriors, I mean, there there is an argument to be made that if the Warriors don't come out strong in game four, like if the Mavericks have a great start, uh, the Warriors might just mail it in early, uh, similar to what we saw in, in game five against the Grizzlies and save it for game five, simply because there's been no rest in this series and the minutes are higher than normal for this Warriors team. They're not digging deep into the bench. Um, I'm looking at the minutes, for example, in, in game three, uh, Steph and Clay uh, had 39 minutes. Wiggins also had 39 minutes. That's above what they normally play. They're usually in the 34, 35 minute range. Uh, Draymond Green had 36. Um, and again, they didn't deep dig that deep into the bench. Otto Porter Jr. with the foot injury, just six minutes in. Um, you know, Juan Toscano Anderson played five minutes. So, so outside of the starting five, you had 27 minutes from pool 16 from Moody. And we could talk about that in just a moment because I love what I'm seeing from this kid. But I, I do think there was a possibility that, that if the Warriors don't come out like gangbusters in game four, uh, you might just see a lot of minutes from Kaminga, Bielitsa and Moody and just save it for game five. Is that a fair assessment or do you think I'm totally off in saying that Kevin? No, I mean, I don't think you're often saying that because that's essentially what happened in game five against Memphis. Like, I mean, they got down 40 and then Mike Brown's like, all right, we got to pull the plug on this. Yeah. We'll to fight another day. I don't, as hot as Dallas can get from three, I don't think they're capable of going up 30 plus Same. on Golden State because they, I mean, they are a very good defensive team. Like, Pro, that's how they profile. But in this series, they have been a very bad defensive team. Like game two, you know, I'm doing stats for Chuck Cooperstein. Great uh, for he's Dallas Mavericks radio guy, very okay. good broadcaster. But it's like time and time again when the Mavericks needed to stop because they were getting enough buckets to really threaten Golden State there down, you know, the last stretch. It was layup after layup after layup after layup after layup for Golden State. Steph Curry got to the hoop whenever he wanted. Jordan Poole yep. got to the hoop whenever he wanted. And, and I just – I don't see Dallas getting up, even if they go like 14 of 20 from three in the first half. And that's that would actually be a low number of three-point attempts for them in a half. But say, all right, say they're 16 to 25 from three in the first half, which they can certainly do if they get on a heater because – they had a ton of wide open threes, and yes, they did. Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleba eventually will hit shots. I mean, Reggie Bullock was six of ten from three in game two. Um, I don't expect him to have another over. Um, like they are getting wide open looks and just aren't hitting them, and, mm -hmm. and so like those will go down. But even if they do hit sixteen threes in the first half. I, I don't think like they got up 19 on Golden State in game two. Like maybe at home they can get that to like 25, 27. 
but they're not going to take a 55 point lead against Golden State. They're not going to yeah, take like I, a I 40 point lead against Golden State. So like I think that's as that out of hand as Dallas can push it against the Warriors. That's fair. And and in, you're in game two, the Mavericks started the game 15 of 27 from three. So we'll see how it goes. But regardless, the Mavericks are favored. And Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo Four Way. Kev, I haven't made this a secret. I, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I'm I'm uh, fighting. I'm at the early stages of fighting uh, the company video. And uh, I kid you not, man, when we started this show, I felt fine. I was like, hey, let's do this. I'm pumped. And right now I feel like I'm dying. Like, it's crazy. Jeez. <laughs> like a roller coaster emotions. Literally right now, every bone in my body hurts. And oh. I felt fine. Um, so I'll, I'll try to I'll try to, to make it through the end. Uh, I want to play this this Clay Thompson soundbite real quick. Uh, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. This is a wild thing. You went through this in like this. Do you mean, do you mind if I share that? I, I could cut this out if you want. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it's fine. I got it right before Christmas and was uh, spending Christmas in isolation. It was, it was actually a great Christmas. I was looking forward. I could watch basketball for 12 hours and play poker online and not have to worry about family <laughs> obligations. It was fantastic, actually. That's I what we do. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's all fun, folks. So please, and, and the way my family got it is from some my stepson's friend whose family is pretty much anti-vaxxers, which drives me crazy. Ooh. Just get vaccinated, folks. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to make this a political thing, but it's asinine to not do so. Here is Clay Thompson, by the way. Um, he said that he still believes the Warriors are the favorites to win the NBA Finals. A little bold on his part. I wholeheartedly agree with him. I've been saying so since August of last year, but let's hear it from the source himself. Here's Clay Thompson. Clay, you've been saying basically all year that this team's going to win a championship. Why else? You know that this is what this team's in there for. Do you feel like this team is the championship favorite? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anybody else, and I'm pretty sure that we have home court if we were to win the next game, come the finals. So, I mean, we got championship DNA, and we got some great young talent, and we're just meshing at the right time. Damn, I don't know how else. That's short, yeah. sweet, right to the point. Uh, I, what do you, uh, you know, the Warrior? It's incredible. The Warriors are five wins away from their fourth world title in eight years. The the accomplishments of this team are historical. It's it's phenomenal. It's and it's also wild to me how many people have been writing them off until now. Now all of a sudden, all the people who who bet against them are acting like they never said a thing, and people are more and more getting on the Warriors train. Uh, Celtics Heat's been an interesting series. I, I think a lot of people were also writing off the Miami Heat, but they have a 2-1 series lead. Um, and the more I watch the series, the more I'm confident that regardless of who the opponent is, I still prefer the Miami Heat. Um, yeah. I think the Celtics are going to be a tougher out. But nonetheless, I still think the Warriors are going to beat whoever they face in the finals. Home court advantage is going to be is going to help tremendously. What are your thoughts on that series, man? It, floor is yours, man. Give me your thoughts on what you're liking there. And I hate looking ahead. I mean, the Warriors still have to finish the series, but let's say they do so. I mean, what are you thinking uh, uh, in terms of the NBA finals? And and just go for it, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, after I finish my thoughts on uh, Heat Celtics, I do want to come back to a couple of things that, that were said earlier in the podcast. Just say that. 
however, okay. whatever order you want to go, go for All it. All right. Um, but I'll, I'll start with the, with the most pressing question. I like you. I think the Celtics have been the better team in the series for maybe eight of the 12 quarters that have been played. Like they got off to a horrendous start in game three. They had a horrible quarter, quarter three in game one. And outside of that, I mean, like, Miami kind of went away from what got them the lead like pretty early in that game. Like they like zoomed out to a 46 20 lead and then just kind of played with their food for the next like two quarters. And then we're like, <laughs> Oh, all right. We actually, we need to win this game again. And then Max Drews bailed them out with a couple of big threes. Yes, um, I think like, yeah, I, I just thought that the Celtics were defending at a much better level for, good chunks of game three and like when they were down 20 19 points i'm like the celtics are gonna win this game i like i i really thought that the celtics were gonna win that game when they were down like 20 plus Uh, i i just thought they were they after they got down 46 to 20 they they were playing better than miami and so i still think the celtics are gonna win that series uh it has been uh yeah, all right. There are you know, a couple of blowouts. I, I've still been intrigued by the series. I mean, it's, it's the conference finals. I'm going to watch them no yeah. matter what. Um, so I, I expect Jason Tatum to have a much better game four than he had in game three. I expect the Celtics to win uh, and, and send this back to Miami a 2-2 series. I don't think – now, Jimmy Butler is going to play tonight. Most likely, I heard Woj say that on NBA Today a little bit earlier, but I think Tyler Hero's yeah. out. So, uh, so no Tyler Correct. Hero, and he hasn't had the best postseason run, but he's a very capable player. Um, and so, you know, six man of the year, he averaged 20 plus in, in the regular season. I like Miami now. I think Marcus Smart is questionable for this game. I expect him to play because he's a tough dude. Um, and, and so I expect Boston to make this a 2 2. I wouldn't be surprised if they win this in six games. And, uh, but, that that's just me, and I I, I don't know in six. Which yeah, is, I, th- I, th- I think Celtics so. Are, I think they can win the next off? three games. Is what I'm saying. Wow. Okay. I, I, right. I, I wouldn't think... be surprised, and, and it's like, all right, if this goes to a game seven, how worried are you about the Miami home court advantage? I don't think they have that much of a home court advantage. No disrespect, that's bold, to Miami brother. Heat. That is a bold take. And, I love it. Okay. I, I just I like. <laughs> I, a game seven in Boston's a lot more daunting than a game seven in Miami. I'll just put it that way. At oh, least, hell yeah, I, I think hell so. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, a couple of other things that I wanted to get to because you were talking about Kevon Looney's hands and stuff. Yeah, and, and that's definitely one thing. The thing that I think we all forget about Kevon Looney's six nine with a seven four wingspan. I just read that mm. in an article, or and like, mm. oh, yeah, this guy has a long wingspan, and so like he's able to kind of outreach people for rebounds. Yes, and stuff. like that wingspan. You've seen that, uh, right? You see him get those yeah. rebounds where like he just reaches. And, You're right, great call on that. He reach tap it to himself, and like seven <laughs> yeah. four wingspan is huge for a guy who's yeah. six nine. That's that's plus seven, uh, seven inches wingspan greater than your height. Um, and so that's huge. And, and then this last thing on, on company video, as we call it here, the fact that like I'm you need it, yeah. to say, <laughs> the fact that you need to say <laughs> that like I don't want to make this political talking about vaccinations. Like only America could be stupid enough to make vaccinations in in a in a pandemic a political issue. Like how dumb are we that we have to like preface stuff like that? Like oh, I don't want to, you know. Like we don't want to like alienate part of our listenership because of, you know, it's seen as a political issue. This is not a political issue. It's like 
it's very clearly this is a pandemic and very clearly one way to help curb things is to get vaccinated and the fact that we have to say disclaimers like that just shows you how dumb we are as a country but anyways uh this isn't locked on msnbc this is locked on warriors i understand <laughs> I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Uh, and and thank you for expressing yourself, man. I, I don't know. I, I agree. There's nothing else to say about that. Um, I also want to give kudos real quick to Draymond Green. I don't think we've been talking about him enough because he did have uh, a, a, a relatively so-so game by his standards in game two. Um, but game three, I thought he was fantastic. I mean, the 10 points he scored were felt. Uh, even though he didn't get credit for that three-pointer, his foot was on the line. I mean, just when he's hitting those shots, it it, it is so demoralizing for the opposition yeah. because you can't guard him out there. I mean, when you have the, the amount of weapons the Warriors have offensively, you have to give those up. You cannot come that far out to guard Draymond Green. And when he hits those, I, I just can't begin to imagine how it feels for the opposition. It's just, I feel like your heart's just sinking. Like, we're doing yeah. everything we can, and they're just killing us with with backpack threes now you know it's just it's remarkable and and I, I his inside presence has been obviously fantastic you know for a man who's without shoes is six five um his wingspan is also long too it's seven one um his impact is just phenomenal and one thing i'm noticing too is that he's not handling the point guard role as much i think stephen curry's kind of taken on um uh th that responsibility more i think i haven't looked at the usage rate number usage rates numbers but uh, I feel I'm guessing Steph's gone up a little bit, but that's fine. I mean, that's yeah. I, I think I think with each matchup, you you have to just play your opponent accordingly. And in a regular season, you can you can kind of stick to your roles, uh, but in the postseason, you got to make those adjustments. And and Draymond Green is just much better off uh, off the ball uh, and maybe kind of fitting into that post kind of triangle formation offensively, where you feed him the ball and then and then you get the split actions going and and he finds the the right read. Um, so I just want to give him respect for that. Uh, yeah. did, did anything you want to add to that or did I say it all? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with what you said. Draymond Green's a great pace setter on offense, right? Yes. Like he makes sure that that ball's whipping and moving. And then, and then also I would agree that, you know, I haven't looked at the usage rate either for Stephen Curry. I agree it's gone up. And I think that's, you know, a, a credit to Golden State in this series. Like you want the ball in the hands of your best player. And right. so Steph Curry should be handling the ball, you know, as as much as it doesn't get stale or whatever, right? You still want to give defense different looks. and But, like, more often than not, you want Stephen Curry touching the basketball. And so uh, I think that's that's uh, that's been a bonus. And I think it's one reason why Golden State only turned it over, what, 10 times last night? Like, that was, yeah, like that was... They, they weren't getting super cute. Uh, or they turned it over 13 times. Like if you look at the total turnovers. Yeah, correct. Um, We're looking at the same box score. Yeah, it was. It, so how yeah. Did, what, are the, what are the other three there, though? That is weird because the turnover count. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, I'm guessing that like like a shot clock violations, a team turnover that like doesn't go oh, against an individual. They, so like turnovers. Two that, of those, right? So then I don't know. I And like, I don't quote me as that that's like a team turnover and not like it goes on an individual um but like it's turnovers like that where uh they can't be pinned on someone gotcha. individually gotcha and that's like what team rebounds are right if you see like in a box score for anyone who looks at like the official box score you'll see like 47 rebounds and you look underneath team reb colon yes. eight that's like 
a missed free throw out of the front end, like if you shoot two free throws and the first free throw is a missed free throw, there needs to be a rebound for that. And so that will go as an offensive rebound for, for the team that missed the free throw, even though it's like not an actual offensive rebound. Oh, that's Um, interesting. So that's, no, that's good. There needs to be a rebound for every missed shot. And so like team rebounds are the rebounds that like, Oh, ball gets tipped out of bounds, but the shot was missed. So who gets possession? That team gets a rebound or that kind of thing. Thank you for that. Anyway, man. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, great knowledge, that's, dude. Uh, I, the the team rebound part of it's basketball, but yeah, that is that's great. No, I love that. And and yeah, you're right. The team had 13 total turnovers as a team, but individually they had 10, which by the Warriors standards is great. Yeah, <laughs> you, 13 you, you, total turnovers is good for Golden State. Yes, the average absolutely. in the NBA that's good for Golden State. Absolutely, man. And again, the Warriors, it's crazy to say this they're five wins away from their fourth world title in eight years and five wins for this warriors team that is not a huge obstacle uh and i'm see people are remembering again that when this team is focused when the urgency is there and when health abides they're unbeatable they've never lost when their team is fully healthy i mean even when you bring up 2016 you know, uh, it wasn't health necessarily. It was the NBA taking Draymond Green out of one of those games. And then Stephen Curry was not healthy in that series. Andrew Bogut was out at the end of that series. He was important. Uh, Andre Iguodala was not healthy for that series. And that's the only time in the Kerr era, the Steve Kerr era, that the team has ever lost in the playoffs. So for the people that have counted this team out, um, you know, do better. I don't know what I'll say about that. <laughs> do better, you know, like... Uh, Love you, brother. Anything in last words before we wrap it up? Uh, no, this is a lot of fun. Happy uh, happy Always. we're doing this every Monday. Um, I, I think the Warriors have a 55 to 57% chance of winning game four. <laughs> I, th- I, love I think it. it's I love a little it. better than half. Like I said in game five that I thought they had like a 40, like 48% chance of winning game five. Obviously, they, that didn't happen against Memphis, but... I feel a little more confident in this closeout game than I have in previous closeout games for Golden State. Sounds good. Yeah, the confidence is clearly there. And look, even if they lose this game, I, I don't think it's going to mean a thing. Game five at Chase Center I would mean, just be wrong. Honestly, game. it would help Golden State. I like they get millions of dollars more. Now, yeah, that would, be, that would basically be uh, if Otto like Porter Jr. is off the mid-level exception, for example, yeah. that would be game five. You're game five. Yeah. Congrats. Otto Porter yeah, Jr., exactly. you're, you're taking care of. Uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously, right. the Warriors aren't like throwing playoff games so they can get right. more playoff <laughs> revenue. Like that's not happening. But but like that is the one that is the silver lining of if they lose game four. Oh, well, we can just make seven million dollars. That's true. I've heard the number is closer to 10. I haven't yeah, seen yeah, a, spe- yeah, I was just a specific a number, number but I, I, on I, average, I, I've seen anywhere from like eight to 10 million per home game yeah. is what the Warriors are collecting just from just from the uh, uh, in-game, like just just from their arena revenue. I don't think that includes the TV side of it. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it, it, remarkable. And, and Kevin, thanks as always. You can follow Kevin Deanna, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors and sometimes Golden State Warriors uh, on Twitter at Kevo408. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. You can follow me, Cyrus Otsis, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho and this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, I don't know who's coming on tomorrow yet. That's a that's a mystery, even to me. But we'll have someone fun. Um, and Kevin Dana again every Monday joins me, which I'm I cannot thank you enough for doing so. Um, love you, man. And we'll do this again soon. Take care, everyone. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. See you later.